All right. Okay, okay. Garrett, go yeah. for it. So we know about the festival. Yes. But what about you yourself? Where are you on your musical journey? I am. So in terms of where I am in my conducting, I'm, I've, so I'm, I'm entering a period of quite a lot of stability in some ways. I have sure. um, five years left with Florida and with uh, five-year con- contract with Florida now with Deutsche Staatsmann Rheinland-Pfalz. And I'm here as well for another four or five years. And hopefully these things will go. We'll see how that goes. Um, what that means is I have, uh, and I don't have that much time for guesting, maybe, right. maybe six weeks or something a season. So most of it now is developing relationships with the audiences that I know and I already have in place. Right. What that means is that forces me, almost like Haydn and Esterhazy, not to become original, but to find ways to share and communicate the truths and um, remarkable jewels that are inherent within our art form. Because we're in a time in which unity is more needed now than ever before. Mm-hmm. It has. We, we, we are. I've mentioned this before, but we. When where do we talk about these topics? And right, it's just not happening. I mean, people unfortunately are not going to church as much. Um, they're not sitting around the dinner table as much together. Mm-hmm. And if they do, there's devices which are drawing our attention away from each other. Um, maybe inside taxis, maybe Ubers. <laughs> maybe yep. that's where a lot of conversations yep. happen. But yep. there's not many places, and of course a concert you go there, you are engaged, you are listening, your phone is turned off, you are talking, and if the conductor or the chief communicator is wise in drawing the audience in, you can really start to um, help them unravel this art form, which would of course enrich their lives so greatly. Yep. Um, and I take that very seriously, and I, I really care about it enormously. And I also believe that there's so much within the music that is... I mean, of course, there's always been a, a, a chain passing from the composer through the, with the, the, the students, through the other conductors, through teachers, through mm-hmm. parents, playing around the piano. But these chains start to break down. Yep. As the technology has increased, those chains break down as we have greater options for entertainment and for distraction. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the orchestras are now in this sort of moment we're realizing we have to fight for our art form. The way you do it is through communicating it. And um, and I absolutely believe that it's my role to be at the forefront of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use, so I've been speaking at Rotaries about mainly Mozart, and I've been doing a presentation called the three C's of classical music instead of the three B's, right? Bach, Beethoven, Brahms. We do concert master, conductor, composer. And I use you as the example for conductor because I'm there for mainly Mozart mm-hmm. obviously and but I use specifically the Beethoven violin concerto from last festival with Augustine Hadlick because mm-hmm. every single person who attended that concert or was a part of that concert left in a better spot mm-hmm. even if they couldn't tell you why or how every single person I've talked to has expressed that it's one of the top five musical experiences mm-hmm. they've ever had and you have to let that happen. Like, you, if you're in the way with... Well, it's twofold. I mean, it, yeah. that, that happened, and, and you have to look at it. F- why did that happen? How did that happen? Mm-hmm. First, it happened because we have some of the greatest music yep. ever written, performed by one of the greatest musicians alive today, Augustin mm-hmm. Hadlich, and with the orchestra, who are some of the greatest musicians around yep. as well. So we have all those factors in play. We also, we were prepared for it by the David Penitente, mm-hmm. our 
our ears were not, if not purified, we were being almost, how can I say it, sort of sanctified to a point. Mm. So that when the Beethoven came, we were ready and open. Our souls are open for that. So mm-hmm. that's where programming comes in, is that how right. do you prepare for those things? If we came for that from right to spring, we may have had a sense of relief that it was peaceful, mm-hmm. but it may have taken a while for us to open up. But we were open. The music beforehand was so engaging yeah. that, that there's the voice of Ellie Day and singing those wonderful high C's and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It kind of So that's another aspect for it. Um, and sometimes these things happen and they just do and you just have those things yeah. and we're all aware of it on stage yeah. and my role as the conductor is in every situation to help the composer's intentions reach the, sli- the mm-hmm. listener and that is through finding a way for the musicians to shine sometimes it's very little and that, well, I didn't have to do much then but I did have to find a way occasionally to bring it together but sure. not bring it together but to make sure we were all focused but when you have musicians of the quality of the Mozart, mainly Mozart Festival Orchestra and Augustine playing at that highest level really there's not much for me to do um, in terms of technique right. there's other musical things but but the thing is you could have gotten in the way yes but that that's, that's, <laughs> but that's you, and you didn't that's, no, the, that's, that's what was a, the miracle to me yeah is I put myself in that situation like could I have gotten out of the way actually and let that happen? Hmm. And that's what I found so admirable Thank you. about your position in it. And it ties in with what you're saying about the unity in the community that you're trying to establish. Mm-hmm. Yes, and for me, all that matters, if you, it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to have a career, to be noticed, to be the star, you're going to get in the way a lot. Right. And you're going to make stupid egotistical decisions mm-hmm. at times. And other times you make tremendously exciting decisions. You'll think, wow, I've got to keep doing this. But if, if, if the core of your ethical being as an artist is to um, help the listeners, and that's ultimately the point, mm-hmm. um, to reach that point through the musicians, if it's just for the musicians, it's not enough. Got to be, got to almost help them get through, get the composer's intentions through into them. Then you will do what is needed. Sometimes I have to overconduct a lot to mm. get what I need. Some right. con- some soloists need a huge amount of help and care. Others need very little. Right. Your job is to read it, to observe what happens, to trust it, to flow, mm-hmm. and then to let it happen. Right. And I do want to, just because we have you here, get your take, I guess, on Tchaikovsky's Sixth that mm. you have coming up in Florida because it's such an, in my opinion, introspective, I mean, those outer movements are all, boy, he's really... He's really agonized. I yeah. mean, so the piece at its very core is a rather explicit narrative about the nature and cost of forbidden love. Mm. So from the very dark, ruminating beginning with those fifths in the bass and, and, the, and this pondering um, bassoon, almost like someone holding their head on, a, on their desk as if they're approaching the end of their life, and that furtive da, da, do, do, given to divided violas. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a sense of division straight away. Then we enter into that wonderful sort of D major section where you feel like it's this is Arcadia. This is the idea of of two lovers together in in bliss. And then as the movement progresses, it comes back more impassioned and always the melody is da, 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 it's always in stepwise motion. Yeah. Then there is, of course, the development section in which we go into the, the most dangerous passage in which you feel it being ripped asunder. Yeah. In this section of music, he has melodies that go like di, da, di, da, which is the cross, mm. the Christian cross. Mm-hmm. Di, as in sort of, dun, 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 you know, you know, 
right. Catholic cross. Um, and and so therefore the music has now a very dangerous judgmental quality and you hear almost like an oracle of doom when the trombones come in, that ecclesiastical voice of, of judgment forcing this destruction upon them and then the bassist absolutely agonized on these low F sharps as the piece builds into the tr great ripping climax. Yeah. Then as the music comes back afterwards, it is fractured. So at the end of the, end of the first movement, we have a moment after the trombone chorale. Again, always the trombones are, mm. the, are the switch in which things happen. We sort of end marching forward, but it feels like something has really been damaged. The yeah. ending of the first movement is not peaceful. You feel like it's almost, if not catatonic, there is something shocked. Mm -hmm. Like you can almost see Mount Doom ahead of you, right. if you're Frodo or Gollum or whomever. And the second movement is this extraordinary waltz, <laughs> but wide yeah. five, and also the fact it's not it's not one two three one two, but it's da 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 da, and again stepwise motion, mm. same right. melody that you heard in the first movement, in the in the majority section, the major section, but this time now it sort of comes upwards yearning moving forwards but this sort of one two one two dun, dee, dun, dun. and it almost feels like you're it's the opposite of the I'm Rachman of Isle of the Dead where it goes one two three one two where you're rowing towards doom right. here you're you're yearning forward it's a very strange sort of elliptical movement that comes from that rhythm uh, and then in the in the sort of minor section in the middle again you feel the same language as you've heard in the first movement coming back and so that movement ends sort of reasonably not positive but it's sort of um it's not desolate right well after the first movement it seems like a ray of sunshine it does but it's <laughs> but the, but the way that it writes it's um he's not offering that completely mm. and then the third movement this sort of rather strange march that people feel is is incongruous with the rest of it but it's not and it depends, of course, what you understand as the forbidden love. And there's a great book by Timothy L. Jackson uh, from the Cambridge Music Handbook series about Tchaikovsky's Sixth Symphony. And he describes that actually the third movement is this sense of using military, using m male relationships. And in fact, he, he was writing that the Spartans encouraged homosexuality hmm. as a form of bonding to right. keep the men wanting to fight for each other. And there's bum, bum, ba-dum, dum, ba-bum. But at the same time as you have this, that, that one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You have takita, 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 one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. So you have this, these two rhythms still not quite gelling. Mm -hmm. right. And then this sort of thing, and, and actually most of the movement is very quiet. The majority right. of it yeah. is very quiet until, of course, it gets up and it goes to the moment where it's FFFF. -F -F -F. <laughs> and it's astonishing power. And the movement ends and and of course everyone cheers and it's huge, huge, yeah. big deal. And the conductor's goal it's is to stop that happening. Yep. And I've done it a few times, where so I have stopped tough. it. You have to hold it and then be ready to move into the next gesture. Mm -hmm. It almost has to be attacker. So as we begin the last movement, we sort of we've gone from um, love in the first movement, clearly, but also danger and pain and all the different things into the second movement, which feels optimistic but isn't quite. Third movement is martial, but there's still something rather threatening about mm -hmm. it. Either you're being watched or chased, or perhaps you are united in common mission. Right. And the last movement, the opening of the melody is split between the first and seconds. But the first have D, and the seconds have da, and then the first have da. So you're completely conjoined and united. And so the melody is not given to one person, but to two voices like this. And then, of course, as it sinks down, slowly builds up, and we come to one of the great climaxes where you just feel that this just the whole is like a giant crack is opening in the relationship but also in the world 
as if that the, the pure love is going to go forever. After that moment, when the melody comes back, it's then given to the first on their own. Hmm. Now they're separated. They're, so, yeah. they're separated. They are torn apart. And then you have the trombones giving the final judgment before. And then dee dee da da, always a stepwise motion. And what was in the second movement? Da 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 dee da da dee. And the triplet, da da dum. You hear in the in the third movement, going upwards. Now it goes down all the time. And what's the whole purpose of them? What is the narrative that's been hidden? Well, we understand that he was in love with his nephew Bob, right, Vladimir. And so they believe that this was indeed a hidden, rather explicit narrative about the nation. The, the nature and notion of um, homosexual relationship, but of course, being somewhat incestuous as right. well. I mean, it's like ultimate forbidden relationships, mm-hmm. and what he wanted it to be, and then what he felt it was going to happen to him as a result of the sins that he believed he was committing as by being a homosexual right. man, and and then the way that he felt judged. It is there's never been a piece of music which is so raw, open, and um, comprehensive. In its sense of self-doom, but yet love, it is. There's nothing like it. I mean, I mean, Stravinsky was listening to Tchaikovsky six at the end of his life, and his wife rushed in and said, "Not that piece." Mm. So for Russians, this piece is right. It's almost like you're looking into Rasputin or something. It's like this <laughs> sort of danger to it. Um, and in concert, it just is. Um, it is extraordinary. But the the narrative, of course, is so much bigger than just that story. It is much more about about tolerance and civility it's about yearning it's about all the all the aspects yeah. of the human condition and, and so it, there's a little bit of i've destroyed this i think in the first movement absolutely and, yeah. and guilt. i have done because we've all been there i had this thing and i've destroyed it yeah i didn't fight for it or yeah. we didn't we weren't brave enough or or maybe or maybe there's also a sense of, of victimhood or what could we have done mm-hmm. against yeah. the tide of such anger yeah. and brutality um but uh, as a, it's it's a contemporary story, of course, because it's not it's much bigger than just that relationship. It is, it's about um, nationality, it's about all sorts of things, and anything in which you're fighting for what you believe is to be good, mm-hmm. and then for it to be taken away, right. it's a much more powerful message. Yeah, this reminds me of I was at a concert at intermission, and Tchaikovsky's sixth was the final piece, and a gentleman said to the I overheard him say, "This next one's good." <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I mean, as a composition, it's it's it is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's the understatement. But is it as a as a narrative? Um, but people don't always know that stuff about it. Right. And, and, and so next next Thursday, whatever that is, um, I think it must be the fourth or something of December, two thousand nineteen. I will be doing the inside the music in Florida, okay. which I will talk about the stuff and show mm-hmm. the examples. And then when you listen to the piece afterwards. There won't be a dry eye in the right. house because the ending, yeah. when you get the um bum bum, and that, of course yeah. the heartbeat slows down and then it stops, yeah. and he believes he's in hell. I mean, he's like Don Giovanni. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, Don, it's no different to Don Giovanni's loves and and, and right. things. Yeah. And how is Germany? Is this your second season coming up? This is up? my first season first official. Season. Um, official. Great. We've had some fantastic concerts. One concert. It's I, Mannheim, right? Near Mannheim, Ludwigshafen. Okay. We do we do concerts in Mannheim as well. So we did um, uh, Modern Times this year. It was a great concert, which was um, Eric Satie Parade, okay. which is 100 years old, followed by Varese Amarique. Okay. 
I know the Huge. name. Huge. It's like 130 musicians on stage. Oh, wow. Deafening. Then after that, we had Stravinsky, Pulcinella, all, all the three pieces written in Paris within a few years of each other. Ah, okay. Uh, and then we had it with street dancers. So Pulcinella is exactly 100 years old. So we had this real combination of looking at what happened at that time, you know, and, and the Varese was the modernism of music and things been taken to its extremes past Rite of Spring. Mm -hmm. The Sati <laughs> right. is a reversion from that back into the first time surrealism was ever used as a word into humor and laughing at mm. it because the end, obviously the end of the First World War, we couldn't continue on that path. Right. And Stravinsky is going back way further into the past, back to Pergolesi and all the others to try and understand the way to go forward. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to sort of see that sense of of extremity and then how people respond to that um, is very interesting. And we just did an inside the music type thing um, on Strauss Don Quixote. In oh. German, I mean, oh, the, really? the, the intendant did that. Because I can't get into that piece. Maybe I need a... Well, you need that. <laughs> yeah, because I, re I really can't. Well, I, I, I yeah. let me help you through that one. Okay. <laughs> you will love it once I finish with you. Yeah, because yeah, clearly there's something there. I don't oh, yeah. doubt the... Oh, yeah. I just, the story I, is yeah. amazing. The narrative and, and the subtlety of the piece, I'll, I'll, we'll go through it together. Right. Maybe we'll do a podcast on it. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you... Do you anything you are, need to get off your chest? Out um, to the world? No, I think um, yeah. I feel that you know we're at a very exciting place. Is that you know as a festival here, the mainly Mozart festival? I mean, our subscriptions have doubled since yep. the end of last season. Let right. alone by the point the, season, the, the festival comes around. Mm -hmm. I think where we are developing through Mozart's life, of course, we're really in his peak years this time, and then we'll come and then pairing that with some Beethoven that's never been performed yet. We've never done five or three. We've always felt to be too big. Right. The festivals right. we've enlarged the orchestra, so I think this season we have a, a real blockbuster. Not just a, it's not about ticket sales, but it's also about depth mm -hmm. of understanding. And right. I love to look at the masterpieces new, not to right. find new things in it, but just as other things that people don't know about them. Yeah, it's a little bit about ticket sales because you don't have a second chance at any of these concerts. It's one off. That's it's it. one. If it's people go to the concert, it was incredible. They can't yeah. refer their friends to the. The Sunday matinee. No, they can't. I mean, uh, apart from that one in Rancho Santa Fe. Right. I mean, I think what what happens here at a higher level than anywhere else are those moments. Right. When everything locks together and the thing and the music just happens. Mm -hmm. And um, we're all so much in that. I think you've talked about it before, that flow and that sort of that freshness, that immediacy, that present, right. that nowness. Uh, and because the musicians are so consummate and brilliant yeah. and they want to do it together so that yeah. desire to do it, especially doing pieces they've done before often is actually extremely refreshing for them to come and do it there's so much going on that's positive in that orchestra oh yeah because there's no as far as i can tell i've talked to a few of them i don't think there's any politics no. like there are at their home orchestras right sure. there's always that and it, uh, I can't remember who said this, but it, it, he said it, it resets my love for music. That's absolutely. I've heard that from multiple yeah. musicians. They say that coming here after a long season, it's like um, restarting the switch as to, oh, that's why I do it. Right. And even if they just played those pieces during the season, mm -hmm. coming here where everybody's committed to making their right. line fit the purpose yeah. of the composer, it's just yeah. deeply rewarding. And, of course, the power, I mean, from such a small orchestra, mm -hmm. what they can do is... Yeah. I, the intensity, the kinetic force that comes out as a result of their skill, passion, and unity, mm -hmm. um, really, I, I mean, I, I've, I'm always blown away by it. I mean, I'm deeply inspired. Yeah. And then, to then I can always, 
uh, I just have great pleasure sort of trying to make it all work. Yeah, it is such a it's a such an exquisite experience. It's like the, is it the mandala? Is that what they make with the sand, the different colored sands? The Buddhist monks. I don't know that. Yeah. So they they make this massive, different colored sands is very fine, and they're just making this in intricate design, different mm. colors. And as soon as it's done, they sweep it away. Oh, right. And that's it's the that's process. mainly Mozart. It's the process. It's the process of, of making it yeah. sort of wonderful, and then and everyone's there. You get to see it, but then it's ephemeral. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, and it's it's that's very because there's no like like I said, there's no Saturday night. No, it's not repeated. It's not yeah. recorded. It just and things like the the Beethoven or the or the Reformation Symphony last year and mm -hmm. and um, Prokofiev a few years ago. Yeah, Prokofiev. And yeah. I mean, there's so many at Beethoven too. I mean, just so many amazing highlights of just things that just happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I look forward to it every year. It's it sort of it's always at the back of my mind, and I'm always looking forward to bringing these pieces and just to seeing how these right. musicians do it. And yeah, yeah, man. If I don't. You've got to just be like it's like a, I don't know what you could call it, but it's like oh we could do like I want to hear the Allegro introduction for strings, the Elgar. Oh yes, yeah. Like I think, but yeah, they'll do that just, brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah, take it, take it, take it, take it. Yeah, I love it. That's great I love piece. It. I, I I got to do that with Cleveland a few years back. Oh, wow. They were brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And Bill was leading the quartet. It was really great. That's a great piece. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and no, it's wonderful. I mean, I have many peak concerts before I come here, um, and uh, I'm really, I'm really enjoying developing relationships with audiences and helping them go deeper into mm -hmm. into this art form and therefore into themselves. And I'm, and you know, we're seeing the rewards of it. And people are are not so just saying how much they enjoyed or paying compliments, but they actually see them transformed right um, in their lives, and it's yeah. it's lovely. Yeah, a great concert will make you a better person without your permission. That's a nice quote. Yeah. yeah, I came up with that one. I like it. <laughs> yes, it can, it, it, I think it's very good. Yeah, great. Thanks. Well, thank you very much, Garrett. <laughs> yeah. I shall leave it on that. You get okay, the last word. Okay, I got the last word. All it was right. a good one as well. <laughs> great pleasure. Well done. All Thanks. Right. Yeah. Cheers.